Hi, I'm Yushuan Su. And I'm Connor Campbell. You're listening to Into the Unknown. Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. On today's podcast, we have a dynamic duo. Issa, Freddie, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So this is a first for us because usually we only have one guest at a time. But today we've got both of you, seeing as you're a dynamic duo. Oh, no, um, this and Zoom so... room looks really crowded on my screen right now. <laughs> it's four of us. <laughs> this is in the Bahamas somehow. And uh, <laughs> Freddie's in his library. So, um, but yeah, I'm grateful for you guys to give up some time and sit down and chat to us. Um and usually when, when we bring guests on, we like to kind of give them a little bit of a hype up and also just to kind of introduce the guests and give our listeners, um, I guess, a little bit about you. But uh, obviously we want to give you guys a chance to kind of introduce yourself. But from the research that I've done, um, I'm going to ha- give a little bit of background into both of you. So I hope that I give it justice. All right. So everyone strap yourselves in because we're going to go back roughly 12 years to about the date 2010. And it was around this time that Issa, at the ripe age of 13, having risen through the ranks and playing through Richmond Volleyball Club, look, he's smiling already. I know he loves 13, jeez, 13. (laughs) What years? Um, He got into the first team around the age of 15, 16, being selected for England Juniors indoor national team. And then he captained uh, England's regional team to gold at the UK school games. Bear in mind, this is all before the age of 17. And... As much as I'd love to sit here and reel off everything that he's done since 13, we might be here for quite a while. So I'll just leave you with some of the things that he's laid claim to. Multiple senior British champs. um, There's a whole host of other competitions and things that he has done in the past. But he's also got his eyes set on European world titles as well as the Commonwealth and the Olympics. But there's, there's, there's two of them. It's not just Issa. So let's quickly turn our attention to the monstrous six-foot-eight-inch frame of London-born Freddie Bialikos. What's incredible to me is that in such a short space of time, Freddie has managed to jump into the sport that he's known for, hopefully I get this right, about six years or so, and play at the top of the game. And that's no mean feat, as most of us know if we work in elite sport, getting to even just a rudimentary level to compete with the big boys is, is a feat in itself. But being half German and studying in Berlin, he's also got some brains on him. So he's not, um, he's not just, uh, you know, legs. Um, and I've been told that he's also an absolute monster in his blocking game, as his, uh, his very trusty partner has told me. Uh, and now he may not be as decorated as partner, but I'll tell you what, he's just getting warmed up and he's barely even breaking a sweat. At 21 years of age and being under the guidance of the battle-scarred Issa, I can bet you that in a few years' time, you'll hear the name Freddy Bialikos. Now, together they've been competing for a little over three years and they've formed the dynamic duo known as Beach Team BB. And I only just discovered that that was their surnames. Listen, I'm not paid to be intelligent. I'm just paid to make people lift more, right? It took me a while. Well. I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, or as I'm calling them now, the buttery bros. So, Issa, Freddie, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Uh-huh. First of all, how are you guys doing? It's nice to have you on. 
hopefully I did that justice. <laughs> oh wow, no, that was great. That was actually really good. Um, no, thanks, thanks for having us. Honestly, we we spoke about having um, a chat on the podcast at some point, and you know, I've I've, I've been a keen listener to to some of the other ones. Uh, uh, it's great to to see you guys and get chatting with you guys. Um, I've been good. Just you know, we're kind of like in the first mini break of our season, I guess, mm-hmm. of like a couple of weeks back home. Uh, so it's kind of nice to be back here and just working hard, enjoying some downtime with family, friends, and then getting back on it like this week uh, into training for our next set of events. But life, life is good, you know. I mean, there's ups and downs, but I smile through it. The sun's out. Can't complain. Yeah, of course. What about At you, Fred? How are you getting on? The sun's out where you are. <laughs> <laughs> the sun is also out in London, so it's <laughs> I'm not in the Bahamas for anyone listening. <laughs> hey, listen, if we put this out on YouTube, it would say another story. Yeah. <laughs> it would tell us another story. But yeah, well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I guess this will lead us into our first question, really, of... Tell us a little bit about yourselves for the listeners. Obviously, I only gave you justice in a quick 30-second snippet, but what kind of led you to get into volleyball and just sports full-time? And kind of what are your stories, like where you got started? Freddie, let's go with you first, chucking you on the spot. Yeah, so I kind of come from a family of volleyball players, basically. Both my parents played. I think my grandma also played, so it's there's some deep sort of volleyball heritage in the family so but basically started I could there's pictures of me playing on the beach when I was like three so it's it's it was it's not quite full six years but um basically went through school played pretty much everything and then picked up volleyball when I was about 14 actually surprisingly enough being asked to put like a England kind of national team trial at 14 having never really played that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I was definitely more of the raw talent than, yeah. But then kind of start from there, started training fully. And then in the summer, picked up beach because I think my dad, my dad wanted to play to something together because I wasn't quite on level indoors yet. Mm. And then basically just played both until the end of 2020. What was it? End of 2019. 19 when broke my ankle for the second time playing indoors and then never really went back indoors so <laughs> and in uh, your opinion I, which one is better <laughs> i mean i, I can't really like this <laughs> <it's, it's, laughs> like that's a bit of a loaded question you yeah. have a biased answer there but oh no that's awesome so you said that you've been playing for a little longer than six years and you were kind of juggling indoor and outdoor for quite a few years before you kind of decided to then just jump head head first into into beach yeah i think that's the way majority of people do it just Mm. at least in the uk because if you want to play outdoors over the winter it gets a bit cold basically (laughs) Yeah. And for reference, these guys also train and play in Crystal Palace, which for most of you guys who aren't aware, Crystal Palace is just a typical kind of area in London. I was going to say, where's the beach in Crystal Palace? (laughs) In my background. I'm in Crystal Palace right now. That's Crystal Palace, bro. They stepped up its game. It's been gentrified a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
but yeah what about you sir so we've heard from from fred um oh. I mean, Fred, Fred, Fred said a lot about, you know, breaking your ankle would do it to you. It'll just make you switch, uh, switch to beach volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, uh, for me, it was a bit different. I mean, similar to Fred, when I was in school, when I was younger, I played every sport, pretty much basketball, football, rugby, mm -hmm. just as you do as a kid. Um, and then I actually, for me, the path was more indoor volleyball. Like Fred said, you know, beach wasn't really a thing that you played all year round. Um, because of the weather conditions here in the UK. And I was part of the, like you said before, part of the indoor junior national team. I actually wanted to try and get a professional contract on the indoors um, at some point after leaving like college university route. But then one summertime um, when I was at the Leaf Academy in Bournemouth, I took up beach one summer. Um, the coaches kind of wanted me to play beach a bit to like kind of look after my, should we say my um, physique? during the summer a bit more <laughs> um, and then I kind of just enjoyed it and then in my first like season playing on the beach I won the junior British championships so like all of a sudden I was kind of like on the radar for like the beach national team coaches mm. and from there I kind of just not because of the success but I kind of just stuck to beach a lot more whenever I could because I always kind of thought of beaches just being in the sunshine, playing with my friends, having a good time. Uh, and indoors was more of like, you're jumping and hitting the ball, but you're in a sweaty sports hall all day. Yeah. You don't get to see much. Like, I, I'm lucky that I got to travel abroad to play indoors um, mm. with the junior national team. But we went to Denmark and it was raining outside and all we did was stay in the rooms or stay in a sweaty sports hall. Whereas yeah. beach volleyball, like as Fred, you know, comes out, we've experienced some unbelievable destinations with it. And some of my best friends have come from the sport of beach volleyball, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's travel is... it was for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry to interject there, but... That's okay. I mean, travel is a, is a big part of, of a lot of sports, right? But you guys seem to spend so long abroad on the circuit. Like, how how long do you guys kind of spend in each place and sort of just give the like everybody that's listening, like what places have you visited this year alone? Like just to compete? So Fred, for tournaments, it's normally normally a, a week. So we'll mm. normally arrive like Monday, Tuesday, and then leave like either Monday. Depend, depends on how well the tournament goes. Normally it's kind of when we get a bit further, you leave, leave on Monday, but if not, you try and find an earlier flight back home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah, beach volleyball players are famous for famously known for booking such last minute flights. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's not organized at all. You just like play until you get kicked out, and then you're like, oh shit, we gotta go home now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So what sort of places have you visited so far? I mean, not just visited, but like actually played in this year. So I we've so far it's been Brazil, Australia. Um, Lithuania, Holland, anyone? I think this was in Gran Canaria for a bit, but that was more for training camp. Yeah, Gran Canaria. Um, What's a bit Portugal? Just, just before Christmas, yeah, Portugal as well. Just before Christmas, we were in Florida for like six weeks as well. That was a good time. Yeah. Miami was a cool place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this year, I think, we had a long block away in the winter for training camp. And then this year, kind of the early part of the season, 
we should have also been playing in like Thailand as well, but I picked up an injury when we were in Oz, so it meant that probably wasn't a smart decision to go play. Yeah, which we're going to come back to actually a bit later of. Just quickly though, let me interject on that. Like, what is your, what has been the best place to play destination-wise? Because like it's, I scrolled through your Instagram and it's sort of <laughs> the place you want to go to if you just want like destination envy. Over but yeah out of all these places what has been the, be- the best um the best destination to play and and you know like obviously you're on a beach and it's sunny all the time by the looks of it but what's been your favorite place both of you like we went we went and played swiss tour last year and that was that was really cool. We're playing on the basic shores of uh, Lake Constance, I think it was. So, but it, it was yeah. raining the entire time, but the <laughs> I was like, thinking that, Brad. I was like, you picked there, and I'm like, it rained like yeah, the entire <laughs> four days. We were there. <laughs> I was saying that I was also going to pick Australia, but that also also was was very wet. Oh yeah, damn! It was good for the first two days. Yeah. Um. No, I, it's weird for me. It's been. I mean, it's a mix of two places. I think when we played in Langkawi in Malaysia uh, oh, in 2020, right, literally it was March, March 2020, <laughs> right wow. when COVID kicked in. Like we had to fly home from there and that was it. That was the end of the season. Yes. <laughs> um, that there, or I'm a bit strange. Like when I played, so I played in U21 World Champs and it was in Lucerne in Switzerland. And it's literally like right on the lake. There's an awesome grassy patch. It's next to the old town. And like in the backdrop, you have the mountains with snow on it. And it's like, it's just one of those tournaments that you just, the scenery and landscape is unbelievable. I was kind of, it's always one of those where I'm kind of like, you're not going to see that anywhere else. Mm. So that that's probably one of my like favorite ones, either there or, or Malaysia. Those two, they're completely different, but both so, so beautiful. Yeah, no, that sounds incredible. And and incredible the fact that you get to go to all these places that, like you say, are so different, but yeah. going there for the same things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. On on that same kind of topic of conversation, actually, like I know, Issa, so you went through Bournemouth Uni and studied and were also kind of competing at, at volleyball as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, Fred, but you are at Berlin Uni? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. So... So what what how did you guys find it? I know so you've you've graduated like me, yeah? um, and obviously you should being a student athlete at some point. But how did you guys find it balancing like university, competing, traveling? Um, you know, it, it's obviously like a difficult challenge because as much as obviously uni is there to kind of further your education and actually get some formal um education so you can try and maybe move into something but ultimately volleyball is also one of those things where if you're good enough it could become your profession so how did you guys find kind of juggling that and and what sort of what's it like now i guess so yeah i know i was laughing this is right um (laughs) i've I've caught freddie falling asleep on his laptop many a time (laughs) (laughs) 
I wasn't studying at the time, but I, I, I leave I leave this with the sense of disbelief that he thought thought he did. So, um, yeah, um, it's it's quite challenging, especially when you're traveling a lot. Like, but like with recently, there was a German beach volleyball player who basically retired at 25 because he wanted to study on uh, like focus on his like law studies, mm. and he was like won silver medals or like world was it world champs and stuff like that yeah, so, i think i think when he retired he was like ranked number seven in the world yeah wow. like so like it's not like he was doing bad no <laughs> no that's very good like yeah. he was the, the the pride and hope of german beach volleyball yeah. <laughs> wow and at 25 he just was like yeah i'm i'm done now i want to go and get some formal education that's credit to him as well because that's a big decision to make like if you're already good at something but then you realize that actually I've got a higher purpose. I want to do something else. You know, that's crazy. I mean, when it, when it was announced, the whole beach horrible world was like just shocked. Everyone was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That's mad. But do the kind of beach volleyball sort of give you, I know, so you kind of have been through the ring already with, with uni and stuff and, um, did they have, do they kind of give you the resources to sort of like study and give you the time and things, or do you kind of just have to figure it out yourself? Um, for me, I, I was quite lucky. Um, I think at Bournemouth University, I mean, I was studying a computing degree, so it's not exactly like a degree where they care about sports. Uh, but I was quite lucky that some of the people I managed to interact with um, from the course were quite pro helping me as much as they could with like helping. I mean, I had people yeah, in the sports department who like tasks who helped with like my time management. So figuring out like, okay, where, where can we afford to like, you know, put in extra training sessions or where can we fit in your gym sessions around like your, your study and schedule and things like this. And then I was also quite lucky that the university were quite pro helping me with if I had to go away for a competition or for training camps, like how I can catch up on work or if uh, members of staff can help with like maybe over a zoom call or, I think it wasn't even Zoom, it was Skype back then. I'm, I'm not that old, but yeah, it was Skype, it wasn't Zoom. Uh, <laughs> well, you, Connor keeps saying battle scarred like I'm 50. <laughs> Listen, Honestly, we all God, know that I'm the oldest. Uh, through the ringer. Yeah, I know, right? I was, I was like, I'm, I'm sounding old here. I'm, I'm only 26, guys. Yeah, sorry. No, we all know I'm the oldest here. Don't worry. I've just got to try and downplay how old I am. That's all. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, I, I was quite lucky at university. They were, um, I think they were helpful, but I was also very pro. Like, I wanted to go out to them and be like, hey, look, this is the potential competition calendar for the whole year. Yeah. These are like potential spots where I'm either maybe not going to be here or things are going to be stressful with like more training workload and things like this. And because I kind of was upfront about it from September, they were very um, accommodating of it because mm. we might go away in October a little bit, but then like around Christmas time, we're basically at home the whole time. Um, or we were before me and Freddie, not so much now. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, once it gets closer to the season, because they knew dates way in advance and then we could plan around it and focus on like, if it's coursework, trying to get that in sooner and work through it and things like this. So I was I was definitely fortunate in that situation. I think at Bournemouth University they helped me a lot. Yeah, that's good. And what about kind of for you, Fred? Obviously, still studying, balancing study, balancing traveling, volleyball, like 
so yeah it's i guess it's also a little bit with the german system in that it's it can be a lot more flexible so you can choose when you do modules and when you like not to do modules so kind of taken pretty much a year like to focus a little bit more on the volleyball kind of stuff so not really doing much at the uni at the moment mm. but we'll need to start doing again about october go back and like but uh, yeah we'll, i'll need uh, basically in the process of working out what's possible with like uni stuff um especially during you know, the off season where we're trying to go like go for extended periods away maybe to brazil again and that's that kind of stuff yeah, so it's, it's a lot of organization as well, like traveling, getting over jet lag, preparing for comps, like all that sort of stuff. But rewinding the clock a little bit, um, I kind of want to um, sort of get an idea of how you guys met over the years. I mean, you've been together like as a team now for like two or three years, something like that. Um, it was like September, October, 2019. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So but actually COVID, COVID yeah. kind of stopped everything. <laughs> so. Yeah. So what, actually, what was that like when, when there were no competitions and stuff, like, were you still able to train? Were like, what, what were you doing between 20, well, March, 2020 and basically the end of 2021, right? Um, I, we were quite lucky. We had like a good team around us where we could figure out um, how to still train from home. So, you know, home gym stuff and trying to still get some ball touches, fitness, like working on these other aspects, like mental stuff as well. Um, Freddie has an unbelievable home gym because his yeah, dad like, has just picked I, up everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I got back home from Malaysia and was like, oh, and I just... He just brought out all this stuff, and I was like, "Where's this been?" <laughs> he seems like, to just accumulated it all over the years. What has he got? So, he's got like a rower. He's got yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Well, all the stuff that you've just never known about. Yeah, it's just it was somewhere in the shed at some point. So that's mad. It's, like, it's when, amazing. When I was coming to London, I was like, "Oh, you know what? Let me just let me just go work out with friends." Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're a team as well, right? Squat you know, rack, everything. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. There but we it, were, the rest of us during lockdown with our, with our resistance bands and our, <laughs> trying to set up a pull-up bar on the door frame. <laughs> well, I was, I was all right, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I basically oh. built my own platform in the car park. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I went to Wix, actually. I, I, there's a Wix just down, down the road for me. And I bought like this eight foot piece of wood and I thought, oh yeah, that's fine. I could just carry it home. You don't realize how heavy an eight foot piece of wood is. Like it's maybe like maybe two inches thick. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just carry it on my head, like down the road, like bearing in mind, I live in Southeast London. It's not the most like, I mean, it's, it's an all so right You carried area. a plank of wood on your head. Down through, the road. Like across High Street. No, no, it wasn't New Cross High Street. It was down the road in Deptford. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That would have been, I, I wouldn't have got that piece of wood back. You probably, you probably fitted in well. <laughs> yeah, probably did. I literally got about 30 seconds down the road and I was like, I'm going to have to ask them to deliver this to my house because it was heavy. It was like, man, it was heavy. I don't know how heavy it was, but 
Yeah, it's good that you, you know. Most... You know it's heavy if Connor is struggling. No, <laughs> Listen. Oh, God. But yeah, so how did you guys kind of meet uh, over the years? Like, what's it been like kind of, I guess, forming a team and, and what have you sort of learned from each other and over the last couple of years working with each other? I was trying to remember what when we actually first met. but cause... Yeah, I was going to ask you if you remember that. I'm pretty sure he coached me once at Leaf, but other than that, like... I coached you? No yeah. way. How how yeah. old was I when I did this? I don't know. Like <laughs> This is just sounding older and older. <laughs> I know, right? Listen, yeah. I don't even have to do that. Up, like, <laughs> please, <laughs> listeners, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, um, all right, fair enough. That's pretty cool. Uh, I didn't know I coached you. Sorry about that, Fred. <laughs> yeah, mate. You made me into the first man today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I love that. Um, no, I do remember the first time I I played in a tournament with you was in Bournemouth. I remember that. I remember I just finished playing. I can't remember. I think I finished like Continental Cup, or it was an event with Chris. And kind of like Louis came and spoke to me, um, our coach Louis, and he was like, "There's this young kid who's like." Six foot eight, long arms, a big gangly, still needs to grow into his body. But if you're patient, this kid can be the real deal. Like, and I was just like, oh, cool, cool. I wasn't thinking about him. I said, time out, buddy. I'm still in the middle of the season. But like, all right. He was like, if you want, like, maybe go play an event with him in Bournemouth. Um, just like a UK, no, it wasn't, was it UK Beach Tour? Yeah, back then? UK. yeah UK Beach Tour. Okay, yeah. Not UK that, Beach it's not that long ago. All right, sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, UK BT event. And... I was like, yeah, let's play. And it was it was good fun. Like, it was super windy, which me and Freddie don't like playing in the wind much, even still till this day. Mm. Um, but I remember playing, and I think we got a fifth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the I think the first time you guys played together, you came fifth. Yeah. We lost in the quarters against a really good team. Yeah. Like yeah. Phil Smith and Sean Kirk. <laughs> They're like are two good players. Like, um, Won a lot of events on the tour. They were part of the GB program for London 2012. Wow. Um, and it was it wasn't even like it was a bad game. I think we were actually like no. pretty pretty close. Uh, incredibly windy. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine Freddie not coordinated with like a seven foot wingspan and the ball's moving everywhere and his arms are just like you know you know those inflatable things where their arms are like waving. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> Outside of those car showrooms, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Um, but no, it was it was good fun. I enjoyed it because uh, honestly, that was probably the one of the first tournaments of the season where, like, I mean, that was in August time, maybe July. I thought it was in like June or something because it wasn't was not warm. But I don't think that was. Nah, it was. It's never warm in Bournemouth when it's windy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember it being the first one of the first tournaments of the year where I kind of like just was enjoying playing if that makes sense even though it was mm. windy because you know there was a lot of other pressure I was like the young guy with the senior with the senior guy and like my other partnership and there was just other pressure where like I I wasn't it wasn't so bad but I kind of just was enjoying playing in that tournament with Fred because we were just having a good time mm. um and then yeah from there kind of then decided to play an international tournament together in September yeah and then you tell the story of how you tell the like 
Oh, the official story of yeah, how the official, the official story of how, how the actual team uh -huh. So how, we played. Why, we played in, <laughs> firstly, we played in September in um, Montpellier uh, World Tour event, and we we got through the qualifiers into the main draw. Like did did all right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we did pretty well. Um, and then uh, I moved to the Netherlands, hmm. and then with the coaches, we were kind of deciding like because me and Chris stopped playing together, we were kind of deciding how like who i'm gonna play with next like what's the what's the next steps um and believe it or not they made a spreadsheet with all the potential blockers that i could play with like i'm talking people from indoors people from beach you had like freddie another guy called nathan fullerton Andy clayton you had like a list of like i think five names sam shenton that's a very random one freddie sam shenton yeah. was on that list uh sorry you guys don't know him but yeah which really often uh, mean absolutely nothing to either of you two yeah oh okay uh but yeah they kind of then just basically made a spreadsheet with all the names and they ranked everyone one to five on different things so like their age their potential their height um their what else like i think volleyball volleyball iq was one as well you don't want to know who was given like one for volleyball. How did, how did Freddie rank? <laughs> Freddie, Freddie was the youngest. Freddie was the tallest. Freddie had the most amount of potential, and Freddie was also one of the smartest outside of volleyball as well. I'm not saying the other guys aren't smart, yeah. but yeah, Freddie's, yeah. Freddie's now studying physics in German, so like it's pretty <laughs> difficult to just study physics. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um. So kind of like it was a no-brainer to then. For them to be like look it's going to be tough at the start because freddie's not coming from like any sort of full-time program where he's trained just with sport and stuff like this um and i kind of knew it was going to be tough but i also i had to learn how to figure out how to be patient as well which at the time i was like 21 freddie maybe i think i was 21 around that time maybe 22 I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just my mind, my mind's playing tricks on me. You know, it's come so old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and was... then kind of with the coaches, they decided, and then, I mean, we then had a phone call with Freddie, with him and his dad, actually in that exact same room he's in right yeah. now. Yeah. So I remember that. history. Did you yeah. have this same background as well? Nah. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish actually. Oh, that would have been good. They didn't um, have those kind of backgrounds on Skype, you know, back in the day. I know Skype, and the connection was absolutely shocking. Uh, you had to yeah. you had to paint your own backgrounds back. In the yeah, day. horrendous. Um, that, that's and really, then, yeah. that's really interesting, though. The fact that, well, first of all, that you're actually you kind of Issa had the sort of privilege of being given a list of um, people that you could potentially be playing with and you could form a team with. Um, and like, talk to us a little bit about what that, what that kind of dynamic is like between you two, because obviously, uh, you play as a team, as, as a pair and, and that, you know, you spend obviously a lot of time together traveling and competing and training. I, I imagine. Um, be too much time together. Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> oh, friends but, trying to start a whole domestic on a podcast. <laughs> You know what's what's that like? Like you know, um, your kind of relationship in the game and outside of it as well. 
I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you go first, Fred. You know, since you want to start, it'd be this. a bit awkward if you give different answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we get on well. Like that's off the court, and kind of we've had to work a lot on like almost separating the stuff that happens on court and off court, and like working out how to like communicate best, what, how to push each other. Like we've we've had to go go through a lot, but, like work out it's still by no means a finished part article but like played a lot of tournaments together worked a lot with some of the sports site people we work with like um but yeah it's it's definitely at the moment it's, i think it's in a good place um as i said still work in progress but it, it will always will be so but yeah pretty good yeah no I'd, I'd agree with him um i think it's definitely I've been like it still is a work in progress but it's definitely been um I think a lot of experiences that have helped us grow like you know things like when we were in Florida we we weren't in an ideal situation but we learned a lot from it that then helped us get into a better spot you know um I mean just we're quite lucky with some of the people we have like with our sports psych uh, and the people that help us in our team uh kind of I think what also helps a lot more now is we're better at separating like the volleyball stuff and the the stuff that happens off the court and also having similar interests. You know, we both mm. are big fans of basketball. We both um, enjoy watching other sports. We both have an interest in shoes, similar music sense, believe it or not. Um, like, so there's a lot of things that, I mean, we both support Chelsea Football Club, best club in the world. Um, you know, so so many, so many random things that, kind of just lined up and we were like oh wow okay like we actually have quite a lot of things in common it was actually i remember the funniest thing it was in the first one international tournament in montpellier that we played together um i i turned over and i saw fred looking at some shoes like i can't remember which shoes they were but i, I said to him i was like i think i was just like fred you're like you are you a bit of like a shoe guy you like shoes he was like yeah and i was just like because i remember i think i was sat there talking about shoes or like i was i had been talking about shoes at some point and you had said nothing and i was kind of like <laughs> I, I, I mean i know fred, fred fred's like fred's a shy guy like a quiet guy or i'm not shy a quiet guy but i was thinking like fred, why, why didn't you bring this up because we have the exact same interest here like it's like it's something else that we could have spoken about instead of being silent in our hotel room the whole time <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's been good though it's been good yeah that must have been i mean how much of that comes from obviously kind of figuring out on the go of just as 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 freddie like perfectly mentioned what i was about to kind of bring up was the sort of art of communication of working as a team and realizing that what happens on the court is not reflective of what happens outside and I think, like, honestly, that's such a like, important thing to learn early on in any sport is that regardless of what happens on the platform, on the horse, on the court, whatever it might be, like, it's, it, it's important to learn from that, but try not to take that outside of kind of the sporting arena. Um, so how much of that has been a case of sort of trial and error with you guys 
and how much has it been working with the sports psych and what has that looked like since when you first started um, figuring out that Freddie was a shoe guy to what it is now, I guess. Do you want to, do you want to start off? Mm, go, go for it, go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's definitely been a lot of uh, trial and error. Mm. Um, I think like, We've had, it's like in anything, we've had some like heated discussions between the two of us, heated discussions between us and the team. Um, but then we've also had like, like I said, like we've had like Emma Kavanaugh and Nick Morris, like who both work in psychology, working with us as well. And even like our coach Louie and everything, you know, they figuring out ways to, to strike balance, more balance in the team. Um, and there's also a lot of experiences that we've had to go through because it's kind of like, that's just how you grow. You know, like one phrase that Louis would always said was, um, you got to put your shorts through the wash a few more times before you, you become like one of these weathered teams, one of these season teams. You start to figure out how it goes, how it works, what, what, like, what it's like in these situations when you win, when you lose and everything. Um, so it's definitely been, we've had to learn from mistakes, but then we've also understood like, what mistakes we don't want to make again. And we figured out from patches of playing well, what's going well, how, how we're communicating. And then we tried to replicate that into competition and training scenarios. And I, I think that's kind of been a key in improving our communication, should we say? You can never, I don't think you can really perfect it, but you can improve it every single time. Um, I, I don't know. Well, how about you, Fred? Yeah, I mean, beach volleyball is a bit of a weird one because like I think it was an Australian beach world player who said this, but basically, like unless you come first or third, like your last game, you will you will lose your last game. So it's not like you never become like okay or happy about the loss, but like you need to basically work out how to deal with it. And like because we normally like on tournaments, we normally go back to back or like we'll try. To, there's always something basically next, so you kind of can't really hang around too long on on stuff. Yeah, like having to switch that focus to like where's the next event, mm. how are we preparing best for it, how are we gonna go and leave like an impact on that event, how are we gonna play some of our best ball um from back to back events and things like this. I'm really interested to hear as well, like um, because it sounds like you two sort of communicate in terms of um you like bounce off each other. Um and so you mentioned earlier about Florida and uh, uh, like challenges that happened there. I don't know if you want to get into that, um, but you know, you know, like, cause I know that, yeah, people, some people who work in a, in a team environment or in a team sport, like there's a strong team culture and that kind of plays a big role in, um, you know, communication within the team and helping each other through, uh, the tough times as well as the good, you know, the wins and the losses. I, I wonder how much of an element that is for you two, like that team element of it and, and going through it together, um, or are you very much sort of handling it on your own and then you come together to play or, or what's that like? But yeah, I mean, tell us about Florida if you want as well. Uh, Fred, part, parts of Florida, you want to explain some part? It was very expensive, firstly. Yeah. <laughs> And everything outside of the, like, I think the training setup didn't really work for us. If that, like, like, 
the style, like um, the setup didn't really work for what we were looking to get out of it. So having traveled there while we were there for like six weeks, so it was kind of down to us to like make the best out of it. Like everything else out of volleyball was actually really was good, but it was more like the day-to-day -day training we needed to like basically make the most of something that wasn't really ideal for us if that makes sense yeah and it's like when when you travel when you when you know you've already kind of um what's it planned that your entire pre-christmas like from november until december your entire like post-season time is going to be there preparing to get better you kind of um made it a key priority and okay this is going to be our first step to towards getting better and then the actual situation isn't ideal for you it then becomes like six weeks of okay what can we get out of it if we're not getting what we want out of it i mean i've I've had to learn a lot more to be patient but i'm also at the same time like if i don't think we're getting better here why are we doing it why are we banging at the same drum for six weeks when i know that we could do the exact same thing back at home you know um so it, it was kind of frustrating and at times I definitely let, I would say I'd let my frustration out. I'll be quite outward and vocal with it. And it just meant that myself, Fred and um, our assistant, our assistant coach, assistant sports psych, Nick, who was out there with us for the period, had to um, kind of just interject and have these conversations with us of like, look, like, what are we going to do to make the most out of this? How are we going to get back to enjoying the game that we love playing? Because when we're enjoying it, we're playing some of the best volleyball around. Um, and yeah, how we, it was a bit more about like, how are we going to define some of our roles? So this is where we kind of start to look at how we're going to define who is more of a, a leader, who is more of the um, like on court leader, like who's going to, how, how are we going to impose a presence on court? without like for Fred obviously he's not the most vocal but how can he impose a presence on court without being vocal now he's a blocking machine mm. like he just does whatever he wants on the court and sees the game really well and then it's like how can I impose like some of that high energy when we need those bursts those moments like how can we constantly make the ship stable and communicate in the best way um, and it was for us it was basically learning how to communicate in that period of when things weren't so ideal how can we have shorter bursts of communication to get the information we need from each other to then move forwards? And, you know, it was difficult for me because obviously in the past I was, I played with two more senior players. So I was kind of like the young guy that just mm -hmm. listened to what they were saying and then had my part to say. But then with Fred, it was more, we want to split it, but also understanding that he, I think there was two things. Sometimes he, like Fred's an intelligent guy so when he's processing information he processes everything and it takes a little bit longer but then also figuring out how to quickly get that information from one another uh, in the heat of battle in games uh, that was a period where we got to kind of improve that quite a lot I would say yeah because it's normally pretty easy when things are going well but like communication's there it's like flowing everything's good but as soon as it doesn't go quite so well like it can get sometimes quite insular. So everyone's basically, you're on the same court, but it's like nothing. Like two separate camps. <laughs> two separate camps on the same court, basically. Mm. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting that you bring that up because actually the next question was going to be kind of what have you learned from each other? But I guess 
I mean, you've, you've already answered that like so well, even more than I imagined that you would, but it's, it's really interesting that coming from the background that you were in working with two senior players to now essentially having to foster a new relationship with someone that is, that is less experienced than say the people that you were playing with, but it's, it must also be exciting to have that kind of new dynamic um but also sort of i guess challenging in a way in terms of like the way that you've you've just mentioned but what what else have you kind of learned from each other not just on the court but also like off the court like what have you kind of taught each other is there anything that you guys have kind of obviously i mean you spend so much damn time together like it's not just about being on the court and being better sports people but like you know, actually having an identity outside of sport, like it's not just about how you play on the court. Like what sort of other things have you guys helped each other with and how have you sort of grown over the last three years or so? I know that's a big question to, to kind of answer. After. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah, I think for me, having not like previously not really been like in a full-time like program a little bit for me was like, basically working out what that looked like of like what expectations were like yeah basically just work work out what it looked like to be full-time and to go full in all in every day like mm. work like that kind of work almost a little bit of work ethic a little bit of sort of organizational kind of stuff yeah oh uh, yeah um i think for me even outside of sport, Fred's trying to teach me German a little bit. Uh, it's not going so well. <laughs> I was about to say, is he any good? <laughs> you got the swear words yet? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, I did. Those are locked down. No, but yeah, I think Fred's, but like, I just, obviously I studied computing and I grew up in, in London. Um, but Fred is teaching me to be a lot more. Uh, what's the word, Fred? No way you're going. Fred, 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 Fred's expanding my vocab vocabulary. I can't, yeah, I can't vocabulary. There we go. Um, you know, he's Fred is a very well-spoken kid, uh, great guy. Whenever we write team emails, if it's a complaint or just a regular email, Fred corrects basically all of the email <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I draw up. <laughs> But no, I yeah, redact some be, stuff for this. Yeah, yeah but sorry, we don't need to mention those. <laughs> but now, I think being around Fred is just, um, I don't know, for me, life just, because I'm around him so often, I think just the way I am, the way I interact, the way I speak to people is, is a lot different, I guess. I feel like Fred makes me a little more intelligent sometimes. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, um you. Which is which is all good. You say thank so you. No, no, no. If you say that um, oh. Fred makes you more intelligent, Fred, how does Issa make you when you're with him? <laughs> I make him more confident. Let's be serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, he's definitely kind of pushed me to like be a lot more vocal. Yeah, that was part part of it, like the me being a lot more vocal on court and like speeding up the communication side of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, because you went into kind of sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. You went into kind of personality as well, and obviously I've met both of you, and I know that, like, 
you know, Fred being a little bit quieter and Issa just every you know he's in the room, right? And you you have and and that's not uh to kind of like diss anybody, you know, that's just people's personalities. Like Yushuan and I are are very similar in that respect, but I feel like we need a big room. We need a big, big room. No. A couple of big guys. <laughs> but it's also, it's nice to have different personalities because if you have the same personality, you often find that although you might have the same mindset, you clash so much more because you just like, you keep batting, but, uh, butting heads. You know, you, you can't have two leaders in a team, but you might have to have once a leader is maybe like, dude, I'm tired. You've got to take some of the slack here then that person is able to step up. But yeah, I guess like how have you guys sort of figured out, like, you know, I know you, you mentioned you, you work with the sports psych and stuff, so it would be great if we could get into this, but what sort of things have you learned of trying to get the most out of your personality to sort of complement each other's, you know, kind of um, personality and, and what, what have you been taught through the sports psych and yeah. is pretty similar basically where i just got told i need to communicate a lot more and like starting with basic like basically not just speaking for the point of speaking but like making it like worthwhile like and also just trying to bring more energy onto court if like this is being served like this is under the all of the pressure as something still working on but like if he's getting under pressure and then him having to push all the energy in the team is also quite difficult. So me taking a little bit of that slack as well. So. No, um, I would say something that I've, I had to learn through, like, especially throughout Florida period and still learning. Like I, I had to go off quite a bit and um, read up on, you know, what leadership really means. Cause I know out of the two of us, like, you know, I'm, I would say I'm, I, I don't want to say I am, Craig, but I'd say I'm more the leader on the team. Like, you, you lead with a lot of the actions. I have to also provide some of the actions, but a lot of other stuff, I'd say I'm the leader in the team. Um, and I mean that in a, in a polite way. <laughs> but uh, I had to learn what leadership really meant, um, you know, because you have two different types of leaders. You can be a leader who just leads by doing everything and showing what you can do. Mm. or you know some of the best leaders like when i was looking into the way that the system works like the all blacks um with new zealand rugby and you know um how it works for sometimes you know sports where you don't have as many people around you um you know a lot of it was about more about okay how how can i still keep firing but how can i build an environment for training that gets the best out of everybody that's in that environment so how can i get the best out of Fred with the way I communicate, the way that we game plan, the way that we study, the way that we spend our downtime, maybe. Um, or, you know, uh, how, how can we communicate in the best way possible that we get the information across? It doesn't come across as hostile, but it also leaves room for growth and to learn. And I definitely by no means am I the finished article with this type of stuff, but I'm hoping Freddie would agree that even from like November to now, I've taken a big step in that field yeah, yeah. all right cool yeah. that's all right then that's all right <laughs> said that said that you know not sure but <laughs> but you know i i only know from like and it's not always going to be the results that show it but i only know from like if we win or lose when we have these community like these 
talks post game with ourselves and then with the rest of the team how he sees it you know because my best way of understanding if it's working is from what they tell me if they're like yeah like things seem to be going in the right direction or things look like it's good it's smooth or whatever it might be um yeah. so that was our, my biggest thing like with the, with the psychologist like figuring out how to be a better leader for our team so awesome. you, um you spoke a little bit about earlier about the sort of uh roles and finding uh your different roles within the team um between the two of you but also you know obviously the rest of the team how how did you come about finding those roles? Like, were these roles that were assigned to you or did you have to kind of figure out over time? Because, you know, you mentioned rugby and the All Blacks and, and in a team setting like that, you're kind of given the roles, right? And then even within that, like different All Blacks captains had different leadership styles. Like Richie McCall was very quiet and sort of just plugged away. Whereas like Kieran yeah. Reid was a lot more like a, a vocal leader. But like in a, you know, in your kind of team setting, were these roles sort of ones that were given to you or did you have to, com again, communicate and through that and through trial and error, figure out what you guys brought onto the court and into the team? What do you think, Fred? Uh, <laughs> never really like, properly thought about it, but... I, I think at yeah. one point it was definitely trial and error because uh, we both wanted to replicate one of the best teams in the world and they're both really both like calm quiet icy type players by the looks of it all the time mm. and we kind of figured that that didn't work for us because we were too chilled out and almost like nothing <laughs> got done <laughs> uh, so definitely some trial and error um i i actually used to be the quiet guy quite a bit so i had to kind of figure out how to be more the the vocal one and expressive on court I guess I, I still don't like being super loud and expressive on court but I kind of had some situation really uh, okay yeah if there's a bad referee then come on like <laughs> on the old uh, bad nah they're not <laughs> they're all great there's just one guy that I'm <laughs> don't get me don't get me heated again don't get me heated again don't trigger him man oh man um, now I, I think part of it was trial and error but I think part of it was also our team kind of figuring out from what each of us bring mm. what we needed to be. Yeah, kind of working out that team dynamic of yeah, what work, what was realistic to expect from each other and what we were playing. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't, like, expect Freddie to just become, the, like, communicate 100% of the time. Like, I couldn't yeah. expect him to just talk constantly. So, like, you know, it's understanding that if you if you would have met if you had met Freddie like when we started this even or even a couple of years ago a year ago he's a completely different person yeah so it was kind of like understanding yeah you know, like you say like what to expect from each other and then how how we then build those roles from there I would say yeah 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 because the first time I, I'm remembering back now actually the first time that I met both of you. I think you linked up with Laura Issa and then she put you in touch with me and we just was like, yeah, yeah, come down, come to the gym, like come train, whatever. And then Fred came in. It was only, it was a couple of weeks after, I think. You were like, oh yeah, my teammate, can you come down? I was like, yeah, dude, bring him in, bring him in. And I think like with Nick, like 
those two sessions that we had, the first session we were just chatting about probably just a load of nonsense. And then the second session you brought Fred in, I think I said maybe three words to Fred and then he just got on with his session and just did it. You and I in the cage were just nattering on. I don't even know what we were talking about, but now like even, even, even through Instagram, like, and through conversations that you and I have is I can tell like how much more expressive and how much more confident Freddie has become. Because before it was like a quiet confidence, whereas now I feel like, Fred, you're a little bit more, you're able to kind of express your confidence a little bit more freely. Um, I don't know whether that comes with more experience or whether it's just something that spending too much time with Issa has given you, but... <laughs> uh, Fred, Fred started hitting a little bit of bench press at the end of his session. So <laughs> That's it. Started That's getting chest that'll out do it. <laughs> So the scene when I when I rolled up to Brazil, Fred just training topless constantly. I was like, geez, it's all right, mate. That's well, why was, that's why the girls like in mid, the back over there watching your session. It was like <laughs> mid thirties and all right, Fred. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, I'm still here with my t-shirt tan lines. Yeah, I'm not the one complaining <laughs> about my tan lines. So <laughs> So go, going back quickly, um you uh you you actually mentioned the all blacks and i wanted to quickly come back on that because there's a book that i wrote that i wrote bloody hell i didn't read really write a book right. i'm not that intelligent <laughs> and then i read a book uh written by oh, a guy i haven't even done that have you not <laughs> kidding 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 that's a push to me as well <laughs> i thought you said you were getting more intelligent with freddie i What's have i have read a book relax podcast you know counts as yeah, 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 audible, audible counts as a book. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Audiobooks. There we go. There we go. Counts, counts. Um, but if there's a book that I could recommend to both of you, it would be it it would be Legacy by James Kerr, and basically he embedded himself into the All Blacks for uh, over a season, um, and he essentially writes. I think there's like ten or fifteen chapters on basically fifteen lessons that he learned from the All Blacks. Like I highly encourage reading, especially working in a team environment, even if it's just two of you or if it's 10 or 15, it's such an, such a good book to kind of figure out like what your sort of philosophy and your culture looks like and how to sort of develop that as part of a team. Cause ultimately, and I'm sure your sports psych has, has mentioned this to you that it doesn't necessarily matter what your culture looks like on the outside what matters is what it is on the inside and how you guys kind of live and breathe that culture regardless of who you know what people think about it on the outside but yeah just i just wanted to quickly interject and um if you guys want the recommendation 100 percent, i can send it over to you after this but no i'd write it down definitely i think um... yeah it's, 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 it's called, I think it's called Legacy 15 Lessons from the All Blacks or something is the official name. But the question that I had, basically, rather than just talking at you, was you obviously mentioned, we've mentioned over, over this podcast that you guys kind of work with, you know, an S&C coach, a psychologist, um, your volleyball coach, I guess your kind of multidisciplinary team. So kind of a two-part question, really. The first one is, how did that kind of team come about? Like, did you choose each individual? Or were they just given to you? And also, what kind of challenges have you guys faced working within that multidisciplinary team? Um, most of them, most of them came via ISA, basically. 
Yeah, know? to be fair, to be fair, yeah, I think uh, I was already in a few good situations before. I think I told Connor a little bit about this before of um, like when I started working with our strength coach, Dan, it was like one of the first times where I didn't have an injury in a season that wasn't just yeah. like a freak accident, you know, um, and that kind of like that type of trust that I had with him as a strength coach and the belief. Um, he's kind of like I told you, we've spoken about him. He's pretty similar to you as well, Dan Boer. Um, and I was, yeah, I think for Fred going into like strength conditioning for the very first time, like lifting and being and having a program and stuff, um, working with him, hopefully Freddie kind of enjoys it now. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's seeing the benefits and everything that he's doing, jumping with his chest above the net and everything. Uh, but yeah, kind of, I was working with Dan before and that kind of worked to continue it, like keep it going. Um, and then it was the same as well with Emma Kavner, sports psychologist. Um, I worked with her previously. She worked, she's worked with um, previous beach volleyball pairs and Jake and Chris. She works currently with Olympic para silver medalists in table in tennis, mm. um, para tennis. Um, so like she she's worked with some really top athletes, but not not so much like the names of the people she's working with, but more style it's been quite um i've just always been comfortable with her and i've seen like a lot of growth with her she doesn't just focus on the psychology part but she also looks at how can we use our vision better when we're on the court you know she has like different ways to improve uh, how we're switching our focus very quickly between like the ball and what's going on on the other side and everything um and then you kind of you you worked with louis before yeah to be honest. louis was your first coach uh -huh. Like he was probably the coach that, like, did, like or at least on the beach side of things, was yeah probably most most invested. Oh uh, yeah, most invested because he saw he saw yeah. you, and then he saw dollar signs. <laughs> no, 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 no think... he he definitely he definitely has like a soft spot for you. Yeah, I've been working with him since I was like fifteen, so it's been a while. We've worked together for a long time, so. So yeah, I would say Louis, Louis, you kind of brought into the team and he's probably, yeah. I don't want to rank coaches, but your your technical coach in your sport is probably one of your top yeah. coaches. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I would 100% yeah. agree with that. Even being an SNC coach, that's far, by far yeah, and away so the most gone. important thing. It is. <laughs> I mean, if you can't play your sport, it doesn't matter how strong you are, how high you jump. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to learn how to play the sport properly. You've got to, PH, you've got to be a PhD in your sport. Freddie's getting there, you know. Yeah, Freddie's a PhD on life. <laughs> He's gonna, yeah. So I, I guess uh, yeah. the second part to that question, just to kind of dig in a little bit deeper into those like individual relationships, but how have you kind of fostered those relationships individually? So separately, um, you know, obviously you might have calls as a team, but I'm 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 assuming that you also have calls individually as well, because ultimately although you work in a team, you also have quite large individual differences. So how have you kind of both or individually fostered and developed those relationships over the years, regardless of who brought that coach in or who brought that psychologist in? And yeah. Go on, Fred, go on. Yeah. Go on. It's still uh, you. Uh, yeah. Um, so a lot of it was, like working with Louis was basically a lot of like one on one sessions or 
yeah, as I said, I've known him for a long time, mm. the coach. So that was kind of that basically been taking over. Like it was good speak speak with him quite a lot, to be honest. Um, but probably it was more slightly more difficult was working with the new SNC coach because I didn't actually see him. I've only met him. End up end up meeting him a couple times. Mm, yeah. Um, so got to like probably couldn't do a little bit more communicating with like the SNC coach. Almost like I th- I think I sometimes struggle with like reaching out and asking people for help sometimes, but so probably could do a little bit more of that but I think at the moment it's a reasonably good place so yeah and then what about the sports cycle like what's the biggest thing that you've learned or what's the biggest thing that they've taught you kind of individually um with me it was because I quite internalized quite a lot of stuff so mm. um it was like dealing with errors and like not letting errors like spiral and still be able to focus and like reset things like that yeah awesome no yeah that was good i think you've definitely come like a long way with like that type of stuff like now you make an error and it's kind of like when they talk about like clay thompson in basketball you could miss like 10 shots in a row and it doesn't matter to me. it's all about (laughs) the next shot he's unconscious he just throws the next one up yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah um no i guess a bit similar like my relationship with the coaches i guess like louis i think with all of them i have like a good personal relationship as well like mm. i i can talk with dan about you know he plays sevens you know so he plays rugby and things like that like our strength coach yeah we can talk about other stuff um and i think for me kind of having like a good trying to have i mean of course you have to keep things professional but trying to have a good relationship with those members of the team off the court as well you know I think that helps everybody be more invested on the court if that makes sense yeah like I think you know if I just strictly saw it as I only talk to you when it's for volleyball stuff or like that type of stuff it's very easy for it to feel like it's just work but you Mm -hmm. know if we're if I'm talking about like Cav you know she has a, a baby boy with her partner um and like you know, I've got to meet him, and he's awesome. Like, oh, oh sorry, Emma Kavanaugh, our psychologist. Like, she yeah. has a little boy. Like, having like being invested in caring about like how their son is and everything. And um, same with like Louis, just how things are going. Like meeting up with him for a coffee or just to like kind of chill out in Crystal Palace Park or something. Um, you know, I think I'm I'm very much like okay, the sport is cool, but I I also like the relationships of just being a good person. And you know, I think having these relationships also helps the team grow and we become more comfortable around each other mm-hmm. in that way. I think if me and Freddie didn't have a great relationship off the court, I wouldn't feel as comfortable talking to him about like random stuff that might be going on in my head or random stuff that might be going on just in life in general, you know, but because of our relationship, he knows he's met like my family, like some of my family members, he's met my best friends. Uh, he knows like a lot of stuff about me that a lot of people don't know about. And I feel like that almost, helps with our, our growth as well on the court because yeah. we have a bit more um is it empathy is that the word for it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you understand oh, each okay. other better. Yeah, come on, <laughs> it's just coming in with the goods. Come on. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> vice versa as well, isn't it? Because you, because you were saying how uh, your relationship on the court has um, benefited and impacted your sort of you get to know each other better. But then when you get to know each other better off the court, then you're probably communicating better on the court as well. Yeah. Yeah, it really is being in a beach volleyball team. It really is like people say it's like a relationship. Like you, you're traveling around the world with your other half. You know, things like do they leave the the cap off the toothpaste every single time in the yeah, bathroom? It doesn't, or... doesn't sound like the sport for me, man. <laughs> 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 but uh, we we also find our downtime. You know, I mean, when we're away, Freddie loves to the game on his Xbox. I'm normally on my laptop chilling or. You know, we go out with some of the other players from other teams. So we find we find ways to kind of also not be around each other all the time. Like when we're back home, we basically only see each other at training. Again, like a healthy relationship. Yeah. Again, yeah, I don't want to be around each other all the time. Uh, we kind of worked on basically having our own, like, even if we're sharing a hotel room or stuff like that, kind of being, doing our own thing in there and being completely okay with it. Like, we know that need to like, speak so we can quite happily do our own thing for a while it even gets to a point where we'll be sat on the other side of the room and we'll be like sharing instagram memes with each other <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when you know you've reached new levels of uh of just, a relationship just feeling completely calm with it just like send it look up see him laughing I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that was me that was me oh, i love it well, I've got one more last question for you guys just to wrap things up. And that is, we've spoken about kind of the past, where you guys met, what you guys have done. What's the future? What does it look like? What are you guys trying to get to? Um, what's the next goal? Uh, yeah. Brad, go on, mate. You, you, you're good at this one. Yeah, so like, I wouldn't say short term, but for this season, it's definitely try and like push as far as up on the world ranking as possible like we've done a lot of work we're in a really good place on the, on the volleyball court like kind of showed that a little bit because we just come back got our fifth in Lithuania um yeah I think like there's like concrete results I think we like ideally want to medal at like a futures event this probably means absolutely nothing to either of you but um Basically, medal on the world tour. No, medal on the world tour this season, yeah. and then um, make them potentially make the main draw of a challenge, challenge, which is like a step up from future. Big yeah, goals. I think those those are some short term goals, um, and then I think like looking further forwards. Obviously, next year is the start of uh, Continental Cup, which is Olympic qualification. Yeah, um, so. Kind of, we know that when we joined as a team, our goals were we want to compete at the World Championships, we want to go to an Olympic Games, um, you know, like all of these things. Um, obviously, we know we're still a young team, we're still growing, um, not literally, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, like, I think we also understand that, like, this year, if we can end the season in the top 40 or top 30 in the world, that's a big step towards... Um, where we want to be going to try and qualify for an Olympic Games in the future or for a World Championships. Um, it's going to take a lot of hard work, but I think those types of 
like we have these long-term goals but we have like every year some of things that we want to check in at and be like okay this is where we we realistically need to be if we want to make some of these goals um so i think yeah and along with that is just continue to i feel like every week we're continuing now to learn off of maybe mistakes that we're making mm. um you know even like in the space of a couple of weeks we've we've pushed on to knowing how to close out games a lot better um you know we're, we're looking back at film and figuring out okay how can we not lose this third set next time oh, okay next game like next couple of games we figure it out and we start to learn we start to push on from there um you know there are some stuff that we're going to work on this week in training to figure out how to take those next steps so i think constantly just growing and evolving is also mm -hmm. a big goal of our team like we don't want to ever feel like we're just people have found figuring out how to beat us and we're not moving on from it you know we're yeah. figuring out how to take those next steps to be better for sure awesome guys you see have you got any more questions before we wrap things up no that was sick guys i, I genuinely really enjoyed that thank you so much for coming on Thank you so um, much for coming on. I mean, hey, I, was no, saying, we I was saying earlier, I've never met you guys, but Connor talks about you all the time, so it's finally... Calm down, calm finally, down. Yeah. It's not that much. <laughs> oh, no, Only like it's once a day. Yeah, <laughs> on average. <laughs> <laughs> on average. <laughs> oh, um, no, thanks thanks for having us, honestly. Um, it's it's awesome listening listening to the podcast and you guys, you know, you have, you have some awesome people that come on, so to be part of that list hopefully the viewers or the listeners enjoy it they won't be able to see you know everything unfortunately they can't see you uh, <laughs> that you're sat on the beach in the bahamas but yeah but uh you know definitely um thanks thanks for this opportunity to chat with you guys and uh we appreciate it so yeah. awesome guys thank you so much for coming on we will catch you on the next episode of into the unknown so Yushwag, do you want to plug where people can find you yeah so on instagram i am at yushuan.su.eventing on facebook i am yushuan.su.eventing and my website is suyushuaneventing.com what about you connor mine is at connor lift stuff on instagram and at stoic strength systems on instagram and we was also just set up a patreon under the same name stoic strength systems so give those a follow i will put the links all down in the description if i figure out how to do it thank you for listening to this episode make sure you like share and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast and we'll see you next time